0: Happy birthday, Agitator 100. Today we're going to...
1: 100 years old.
0: You've you've got the questions, and we're going to work on the answers together, because you're a part of this too, all of you. If you listen to this, you're a part of it. Shouts out to you. I'm your host, Kelby Losag. That is also your host. JDO, what's up?
1: what's up i feel like i said that to myself hey jdo what's up (laughs) oh pretty shitty man you know shit sucks how about you ah bro same
0: yeah yeah just just in limbo with these with these dollars just watching man bro money's just a
1: thousand dollars i have a thousand dollars and i'm just waiting i'm just kind of Sitting at the edge of a pier, watching the sunset, kicking my feet with my patent leather shoes on, whistling a tune. In this fantasy, it's a Taylor Swift song for some reason. (laughs) And I'm just waiting for this money to get here. Tell me, listeners, if you know this feeling, uh, when the rent is due, like, due, due, and you are $300 short but you've got a $1,000 that you're supposed to have, but it's just not there. It's a very interesting feeling and one that I don't like very much. I don't think anybody likes that. Uh, because, it's, because it's frustrating, we talk a lot on the show about putting in the work and holding up your end of shit. And when it's just kind of not your fault, <laughs> you're like, fuck, this sucks. About to I'm about to reap all the consequences even though I did what I was supposed yeah, to Yeah, even though I actually so did
0: the work. It's weird. That's the yeah, that's the life yeah. of an entrepreneur I think. I've talked to other all kinds yeah. of freelancers and they're they're always like, You ever get nervous that your money's just not gonna come? You did the work and you're just not gonna get paid. I'm like, that's how I feel every single time.
1: <laughs> yeah. You just cross your fingers. One of them is actually through the website and they are fantastic about getting me my money uh two days after the payment posts to their website and so that would make that today and then I'm thinking but wait does Stripe count the 4th of July as not a work day does that mean I'm going to get paid tomorrow because that would suck that would suck because then I have to pay a late fee and Blah blah blah. This is the, by the way, for anybody who's this this is your first agitator episode, we don't just complain all the time. But we give you an insight into the into the twisted lives of the hosts. Yeah, an insight into and, the you know,
0: into the struggle. I feel like this is what a lot of people um I I got a message recently about uh my writing and what always hits me to my core because I, I when it comes to craft, I am my favorite writer, so like you could talk shit about my stuff and it doesn't affect me because I it's I like it. I like it better than reading anybody else. I'd rather read my shit. So the craft part isn't what like affects me one way or the other. What really hits is when people say something like, you know, like this resonated and uh, it's really important what y'all are doing. Um, you know people fuck with it there's not a lot of shit like it and there's people who really fuck with it and so I hope y'all keep doing what you're doing and so that's kind of how I feel like in these uh with the show too it's like a lot of our listeners go through the same shit
1: Mhm mhm where you're supposed to be $700 up but you're instead you're $300 behind and there's nothing you can do That's the thing about it being on the internet I can't go to these people's houses And break their legs <laughs> I can't but go I understand Red the impulse redemption now. to these people Bro, I understand the impulse now I remember whenever you watch uh, crime movies I would have the thought Damn, they're going to break this dude's legs over $400? And now my thought in my head was Yeah, I mean, I, I, get, it. I yeah. get it I wouldn't do it but oh, I've been
0: there I've done uh, I missed I missed mm-hmm. those days where I could just do that
1: where you were gonna get your legs broken or break something? no when I
0: was like bust up into somebody's crib and be like it's it's old motherfucker
1: like yeah where's it at where's it at and you know this is the this is one of the times I I did not go through the broker that I work with who guarantees the money and hey lesson learned lesson learned because i'm just sort of sending emails trying not to worry too much about it because there's potential with this client for more work so i don't want to just you know yell and scream and i get it everybody's struggling he's a nice guy he's not doing this to it's not like he's not gonna do it but i'm just kind of like dude it's uh, it's been like three weeks and you know Can you do installments? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, too. By the way, anybody who's listening who wants to work with me, the price tag is uh, pretty substantial. I get that. It is what it is, though. I mean, it's my profession. It's what I do for work. And oddly enough, as a side note, I've been getting more work since I started charging what I'm actually worth. But if you want to work and, you know, you don't have the cash right now, installment plans are totally cool just throwing that out there you can do a hundred dollars a month for a year if you want to that works for me yeah because that's
0: a hundred dollars you weren't getting
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean you know it it makes a lot of sense and uh once you aren't needing money tomorrow that kind of structure actually makes a ton of sense you know what i mean because you're like, oh, okay. Well, I don't need that twelve hundred right now, but I need the twelve hundred. So yeah, just split it up, hundred bucks a month. No big deal. They actually just PayPal me that shit. We're good. Actually,
0: does make a lot of sense with like the caveat that, because you know, if somebody drops two grand with a job is like ready to pay for the whole thing, you're definitely going to get that done. You know, you're going to take mm-hmm. a couple of days, three days, whatever to do that. But if somebody wants to pay monthly, it's like, all right, bro. So within the month, I'll get this to you. And Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just pay, whatever, something like that. I'm all all about helping people. It's just I need to. That's all I want to do. I just want to help people. But I need to survive. Yes, this 100th episode.
1: Yeah, this 100th episode. We are going to talk about purpose and aligning our goals with purpose this has been super clarifying to me uh kelby you mentioned this in our chat before we started recording and it's something that i heard this morning so interesting synchronicity but if you do shit to get paid it's not going to work if you try to help people solve problems things will work themselves out and thinking about things in terms of purpose makes so much more sense because I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, we don't have nine to five jobs unless you count taking care of a two-year-old for eight hours a day as a job, which I do. I totally it's do. It's a full-time job. It's not a, a job, full-time
0: a... slave wage job. <laughs>
1: it's a full-time, absolutely slave wages in that there are no wages at all. Um, we just save, you know, $1,500 a month on childcare. So that's pretty much it. But... Uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship, I mean, you have to be doing it for a reason. Wanting to just make money and not have a boss—that's not a purpose. That's a survival I was watching Hannibal. Love this show. Just gets better and better. I'm on those three images
0: right look gnarly. as f- I was like, I need to watch this.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, they got they the first season. It's your X Files killer of the week type plot. The second season gets dark as fuck, and I mean that literally, in that sometimes it's hard to see what's going on on screen. I looked it up on Reddit, and people said, Is, does anybody else, like, I've got my brightness all the way up. I can't see shit. And people are like, yeah, that's, what, that's just what the way it looks. Uh, and then part three turns into total surrealism, gothic awesomeness, right? But there's a line in there. I think Hannibal's the one who says it. Which is weird because there's a lot of philosophical gold that comes from the mouth of a cannibal, you know? But he says, uh, what you, if you, the things that you do for yourself disappear when you die. But the things you do for other people live on past your death. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's bars.
0: Damn, that's big. I wish I had that in my pocket whenever uh, I just went on and talked to Glenn for a, a new YouTube series doing rare candies doing uh, unread gems uh to have some more Mm -hmm. youtube content like shorter stuff uh book review like indie book review stuff and i went on there talking to him and uh he asked like what it was like having a a kid like how much more impactful that was on just just the outlook of life and whatever and i was like i mean i basically said that but just in a retarded way I was just like, you know, now right. now there's something that's going to keep living past you, so you're like trying to, you have a a reason to to put effort and like instill value, and try to support mm-hmm. this thing that's going to live past you and be doing whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. So all of this, you know, July fifth, twenty twenty-three where I wake up with this sharp pain in my side because I wake up with a cortisol rush, realizing that the money is not in the account when it needs to be. When I die, that's gone. Nobody, Nobody's going to... Re- he lived a fantastic life, and on July 5th of 2023, he was stressed out about money. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, dude. That shit's gone, bro. Like It doesn't... But what people will remember when I'm dead is, hey, I had a good time hanging out with this dude's books. These books kept me company, they were funny, they were fun. Uh, he helped me get, get my book, he helped me kickstart my career or he helped me finally get my memoir down and tell my story that I've been trying to tell for my whole life and now the book exists on Amazon. And my son can be like, you know, he was a good dad. He was an okay, let's not get carried away. He was an okay dad. Uh, he you know took me to practice and he listened to me and he taught me how to go out into the world you know with it, with my head up, with confidence, with humility, and with the ability to do things. And my wife can say you know he listened to me when I was upset. all this kind of shit that's what outlives you not uh not, where's my fucking three hundred dollars?
0: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you really start to it, it was some logical thinking that kept me from uh pulling the trigger recently that was just like mm-hmm. it was that stuff. it was like fuck I don't I haven't left enough for mm-hmm. for after like if I just if I eat the bullet right now, one, it'll traumatize and destroy my family but it also and if any you know if anybody's ever been to that point you know that that's like sometimes not enough it's like yeah that's fucked up but like that's just not enough to stop you Uh, Mm -hmm. but it's also like I don't I have not fulfilled my purpose like this is not this is not enough it was like just a waste like what was I here for like hopefully my kids fulfill their purpose But at the same time, will they if they grow up with like my Mm -hmm. dad blew his brains out when I was four and now I'm like, (laughs) yeah,
1: (laughs) we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy and the next day he just fucking shot himself in the head. So now Kill Bill style Rowan is determined to kill James Gunn. (laughs) It's actually a pretty that's that's kind of that's kind of a purpose. You know,
0: somebody Mm -hmm. somebody's got to stop him. Yeah, I kind of uh, man.
1: Yeah, buddy. Hold on.
0: I. uh. I can't really stand James Gunn um but that was a good movie I was like
1: I believe it he's fu- dude James Gunn is fine you know I mean he's we don't we don't talk about people's personalities anymore on this show no his movies the guardians guardians of the galaxies are, are they're fun movies and I like the first one in particular because they have Jimmy Urin from mindless self-indulgence in a cameo and sometimes that's enough to make me smile <laughs> and <laughs> and i i was there when those two met they met at morrisoncon they were both speakers at morrisoncon in 2012 in las vegas and uh that has to be where they met and so i feel like i had a hand in that just from from being there you know who else was there it was really funny it was max landis nobody likes max landis now you know who this dude is uh, no he's the guy he made a uh, his dad was John Landis, who did the Twilight Zone. Okay, remember yeah. where like, the, yeah, helicopter, yeah, yeah. the helicopter crashed and it killed kids, and everybody was sort of like, well, he's an artist. <laughs> and sometimes when you're making omelets, you've got to kill some kids. Um, so his son sort of, I, I'm trying to think of exactly how he got in. Because I only remember that he made, did you ever see the movie Bright? With Will Smith oh
0: god uh, yeah that was something
1: yeah he has a famous tweet where he says if all goes according to plan bright is going to be my Star Wars <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. all right cool man
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, Max Landis was there it was funny too because he was you know this was t- uh, 11 years ago so he would have been I don't know mid-20s late 20s or whatever and I remember going to get coffee at the Starbucks in the Hard Rock Hotel, which is now something else. They they changed it, but at the time it was the Hard Rock Hotel. Fantastic hotel, smoking inside. Everybody drunk, drinking those long plastic uh, margaritas. You know what I'm talking about? They look like uh, they look just look like. Um, what am I trying to say? Like long sticks. Oh yeah. Like beater. yeah, like they you know sell, they sell them at baseball um,
0: games and shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh and I remember this dude is just sitting there just talking to three people and he's just talking non-stop about something and I'm like damn I'm glad I'm not those people having to listen to that guy and yeah that was Max Landis he was just talking about I don't know Star Wars or some shit I can't remember <laughs> we got way off track what are we talking about uh, I can't remember per- now Guardians of the Galaxy
0: and, and yeah Guardians of the Galaxy Re- hope, yeah so that was I mentioned this and the in the Discord, and then it kind of made its way around town. I was kind of a uh, a hometown folk hero for a a minute. Uh, This dork, and it's it's a Marvel movie, but it's been out for like three months or something. And Mm -hmm. we went to a matinee, because I only ever go to a matinee, uh, because I've got a kid, and, you know, he's really good, but I... I'm not an ass I'm not gonna go to like opening night seven o'clock and take my four-year-old you know if people want to like mm-hmm. enjoy the movie and whatever if you want to enjoy a movie in silence fucking stay at home everything is streaming we like stop going to the movies but he's good he reacts to shit which I think makes it better but he uh so there's this guy and I'm I'm deaf I'm like half-deaf and so we're I'm talking to Rowan and this is like it starts in the previews I hear this like and I'm like well, the fuck is that noise but like it's still the previews and I'm just thinking I'm kind of looking around like is something hissing what is what the hell is it the speakers and I'm trying to figure out when it makes the noise and then into the movie every time Rowan reacts to something Wow or he goes I am well he says i am boofed he's and he <laughs> <laughs> it does that's, that's I, I f- I like that i feel like he knew his name like the actual name and he just decided nah i'm not calling him that but uh yeah he did a remix <laughs> i am boofed every time he does something there's that noise so then i'm like wait what the fuck?" and i start looking around and then he says something again and just out the side of his neck without even like turning, this dude across the aisle is going, shh. So I was like, oh, hell no. I like, <laughs> <laughs> I slammed my seat, <laughs> I rocked my seat back and stormed across the aisle in the middle of the movie. I was mm-hmm. like, hush, shush him one more time, I'm gonna break your fucking teeth. And he just gets up and he throws his monkey hands back. This isn't a race thing. This is a white guy. Mm-hmm. Don't. But he had, he had these <laughs> enormous gorilla arms. He, like, uh, mm-hmm. th- throws his gorilla arms behind his back and, like, storms off. It's like, fine. Fuck you then. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Nobody else gave a shit. Like. I was. No, because it's a movie for it's babies. It's a movie for and a babies. Baby's reacting and to I'm it. And I'm saying, like, yeah, it was good. I feel like people get defensive, you know, with the whole Scorsese mm-hmm. versus you know, cinema versus movie thing, whatever. The shit that I'm totally uninterested in getting into. But it's like, it, it was good. It was a good movie for babies. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to watch it with my four-year-old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah and I so I'm in the other camp I can't stand noise in a movie theater it's gonna change obviously when it's my kid and he's the one making noise I'm gonna be right there with you but I do get annoyed not really by kids to be honest with you but like adults there was this time that I went to go see Avengers Endgame because my buddy Jose wanted to see it and he was taking his girlfriend and Rios wanted to double date all that kind of stuff so I said okay I'll go whatever it's three hours and I'm sure it's not terrible and it wasn't none of these movies are terrible that's the thing about Marvel movies is that you know you're not gonna have to sit through three hours of dog shit it's just stuff that I'm not interested in if it was the same thing but I don't know John Wick well we talked about this right like John Wick that's like our Marvel yeah yeah, that's our Marvel you know so I can't I don't really have room to to talk to
0: throw some of the Marvel nerds a bone like I I thought Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was and I thought the other two were good movies too I liked Thor Ragnarok Love and Thunder was uh, something it was okay yeah at it's moments uh, and I thought Wakanda forever was really great too I was like damn they made a competent ass movie like hmm
1: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah continue
1: so I'm at the movie and there's a guy behind me in this leather jacket and I don't know if he like railed a line before he showed up or but he was just snorting the whole movie every 30 seconds he go (laughs) like worse i don't want to do it because hawking loogie's fucking gross like i don't do it i just blow my nose like a normal person but i I hate it yeah i hate shit like that (laughs) you know and going to a movie is always the same this happened when we went to go see nope also where i caught covid so that's another strike against being in a movie theater But um, it's the same thing every time. So I sit down. I got a nice seat. The previews come on. And I look around. I'm like, damn, this is like a really nice crowd. Everybody's being really respectful and cool. 15 minutes into the movie, three groups of people will always show up. (laughs) And these, these are the people who do not give a fuck about the movie, as evidenced by the fact that it's 15 minutes into the fucking thing, and they don't care. They literally don't give a shit. They're there to party hang out talk to each other get on their phones it's just a place that they go to where a huge screen is it's like they're pressing the fast forward button on life and they don't care how they do it and i'm always just like and sometimes one of those groups will sit right next to you and you're like fuck got little phones out of the corner of your eye so anyway i say all that to say i don't go to the movie theater for those exact i do stream from home because i like to focus and for whatever reason I can't focus when people are talking and shit so I get it but the whole thing is that you can't control people let alone children so that's just kind of you have to make peace with that and some people some people do right some people make peace with that and they go watch the movie and they know walking in they know they're going to see people on their phones and talking to each other and kicking seats and throwing popcorn and all kinds of wild shit, but you accept that because you're in a society and nobody, nobody has manners. See, that's one of the craziest things. It's sort
0: of interesting because we're Is not, we're, yeah. we're not on like we're not on different waves with that. Like, so my kid's making noise, but he's enjoying the movie. He's uh, interacting with it. He's immersed in it. It's annoying seeing people mm-hmm. on their phones mm-hmm. when it's like, why did you come here, bro, to sit on Twitter while like the rest of us are trying to watch a movie? And you got this annoying little glowing mm-hmm. light in the corner like at, or like the teenagers who were there when uh what was the last movie uh, it might have been when Eric it was John I wick, think yeah see. it was John wick I was like these shitheads like what did you even they just came to talk these teenagers walked into mm-hmm. a movie to sit in the back and talk to each other and were like what the fuck shut up but hmm no but like when it's Dragon Ball Super superhero. And you've got a theater packed on a Sunday matinee, and it's really... I'm the only one with... well, I was one of, like, two groups of people with kids, and everybody else is, like, uh, you know, a bunch of blurds there for the... Because it's a big anime show, and, and then a few, you know, other just nerds going to uh, to watch Dragon Ball, mostly my age or older, and everybody's getting loud everybody's cheering but everybody's excited about what's on the screen that's a completely different experience
1: totally totally I've had those experiences before one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies there were cosplayers pirate cosplayers there and when the movie started they took out these plastic cutlasses and saluted the screen (laughs) and I was like hell yeah dude let's fucking go I like seeing people enjoy movies for sure That's an important distinction that you brought up. That is true. I don't like rudeness, and uh, it's like you said. Why did you pay? Movies aren't cheap, dude. They're not fucking cheap. Like if you bought popcorn and a ticket, what is that? I mean, thirty bucks. Yeah, we're we're gonna spend. It's pricey. Yeah,
0: even we hit the matinee shit. We spent twenty five this time on uh Mm
1: -hmm.
0: getting uh yeah the popcorn and the tickets. For the, and that's because it's an old movie, I guess. Because it's been out for forever. We usually spend like forty bucks.
1: Yeah. Right, right, yeah. So I mean, there is a difference in that. I I like I like rowdy audiences when they're, when they're into the movie too. When something happens and everybody goes ooh, or everybody screams or everybody laughs. I mean, that's a good feeling for sure. But, but yeah. Anyway, fuck that guy and fuck anybody who shushes a baby and a baby... Mo- if you go to see a baby movie, you're on baby time, dude. You... Welcome to this world. But these fucking dorks who... I mean, if he's there by himself, I feel like it's safe to say he does not have a child. Probably not a girlfriend either. Or boyfriend. And... Like... We said it in the chat, dude. These people are jealous of babies because they want to go back to being babies. And they they want to somehow be able to exist around baby entertainment, but from an adult perspective of, you know, scratching their chin, hmm, what is, what's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 saying? Nothing. Yeah, It's a talking badger and a fucking tree. It's, you
0: know, what's funny is like, it has these heavy themes of accepting people's faults and uh, loving your family. And I'm just like, Yeah, if you were trying... Like, you weren't going to get the message of this movie anyways, bro. (laughs) Like, you're in here shushing a baby so you can watch the family movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. I think that a lot of my perspective changes on shit pretty much right around two years ago when Gus is born. And if you don't have kids and you don't know, I'm not mad at you, I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying it's different, and you get a different perspective on things because... It's not just my kid that I have patience for anymore. It's everybody else's kid, too. I went on an airplane to uh, to Vegas. There's a crying baby on there. And, sure, before I had kids, I might have been like, damn, that shit is loud. And now my reaction to it is like, yeah, that's that's it's loud, but there ain't shit that that parent can do about it, so... And there ain't shit that the baby can do about it, because being on a plane is fucking scary. Yeah, so,
0: I'm finna go on a plane, uh... To uh, well, I think I think Eric is more nervous than I am. I don't have a, I don't have an ever-present death wish, but I also have no fear of death, and so. I, but Eric is kind of nervous because right. I'm flying Spirit, which is like a tin can that's catapulted across the sky. Hell yeah! Um, yeah. But uh, but the tickets is like you know twenty dollars, so uh, you get what you pay mm-hmm. for, <laughs> but yeah i'm Mm -hmm. going to west virginia in october and and she was like you you sure should we look for other should we look for other flights i'm like it'll be fine no no it'll be fine
1: no what what is that there's a um there's an airline in europe that is notoriously bad but also notoriously cheap i i'm trying to remember the name it's like royal air or something oh
0: no royal air is legit like uh what I, what I, there could I be another I'm one I guess else. they could all be called something like that
1: hold on give me one second I'm going to actually look it up here cheap European <laughs>
0: Euro trash
1: airline, airline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's see oh do 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 I don't Ryanair that's it Ryanair. Oh, okay. not Royal
0: not Royal Air Shouts so, out Royal Air, you can fly coach, and I've never flown first class, and I never will because it's just a bus ride. I'm not that bougie, but like, uh, mm-hmm. I flew Royal Air when we went to, uh, we went on our honeymoon to Italy, and that shit was legit. I was like, why would anybody pay for first class? Like, this is cozy.
1: mm mm-hmm. I feel the same way when I took Icelandic Air to Korea, and Icelandic Air to France. It was both Icelandic Air, and I was. Dude, the seats were fucking nice. They had a great selection of movies. Unedited, too. They didn't censor all this bullshit like they do on American flights. But no, Ryanair is funny, dude, because since they're so bad, since they're so cheap and so bad, their presence on Twitter, they just make fun of people who complain about their flights. <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody says, uh, Hey, Ryanair, like the that was the worst flight I've ever been on. They'll tweet back, "Yeah, and it cost you five pounds." Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like they're like s- super aggressive about it, and it's so funny because yeah, I mean you get what you pay for. And by the way, would I pay that? Absolutely. If there's a if there was a, an equivalent American airline that cost me like 15 bucks for a flight, I'm taking that that flight. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. why not?
0: I honestly I low key uh, it's rare that I fly. Actually, this might be the first time I've ever flown by myself because um, I was, tell- you know, I'm working out a tour. Um, we've seen enough evidence having the Broken River Collective as being five of us who are on, in different parts of the country. And so we do different festivals. We sell each other's books and it always does well. I'm like, okay, this is what we need to be doing. We need to be out, boots on the ground, in front of people. Even if it's like, even if it equates a tax write-off, or even if it's like, it just pays for the trip itself, it's still, face-to-face promo does so much more than trying to like get ad space on YouTube or something. Being in someone's face, selling them a book, and having a conversation with them does so much more for your growth mm-hmm. as an artist oh
1: totally eddie sold i sent him 12 books he sold all of them so not only did i get 120 bucks in my venmo but that's 12 new readers who wouldn't have found me exactly otherwise. and and it doesn't sound like much but it fucking is dude because it, imagine if you could get 12 re- new readers a day three years later You've got, a, you've got a full well, like, fan base. Exactly,
0: and here's the value of that. Uh, so, like, online. Jeez. I've done some promo, like, online shit with Mercy. Mercy sold... Mercy hit the charts, like, topped the cyberpunk charts. Uh, when Was it when it dropped or a little bit after it dropped?
1: It was after. Yeah, a little yeah.
0: bit after it dropped. Like, Mercy topped the cyberpunk charts. I sold over 300 copies in a month online. Mm -hmm. Well, that that shit's got twenty two reviews. Like and I haven't been hearing a lot about it. The shit I have been hearing about it is from people that we're adjacent to. Like, you know, the Getting Lit podcast. Uh Mateo was talking about it and that's just another example is like that's somebody I've actually interacted with. So like just random people They might not go out of their way. I don't even know if they've read it yet. They might have forgot that they bought it. They might have bought a bunch of books online Mm -hmm. and been like, oh, I forgot about that one. I haven't gotten around to it. But if you're in somebody's face, 10 people who have a conversation with you are, like, way more valuable for the longevity than, like, 300 randos just buying shit online.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the trick is to simulate that face-to-face nature over the internet. The days of being able to promote a book by just telling people about it and what it is and people who've said nice things about it, that does not exist if it ever really did. I've been reading a book called, uh, well, it's called How to Market Your Book. It's one of the Readsy specials. And um, the guy who wrote it is really knowledgeable And I think the book is really valuable If you want to, you know, make a living as an indie author There's practical advice that I have come to terms with And am finding ways to embrace Without feeling weird about it Like sticking to a genre And writing five or six books a year in that genre And doing Amazon keywords and all this kind of shit But he's got a great bit about your back ad copy Which they call blurbs I've always thought blurbs were nice quotes from other authors about your book, but I'm going to call it back ad copy. And basically he says the back ad copy, it can't just be a summary of what you're doing, but it also can't, he's like a lot of people turn their back ad copy into a review of their book. You know, in this scintillating thriller from uh, BJ, what's his face such and such is on a, a thrill ride to you know kill everybody in the world <laughs> right or whatever you, you know what i'm saying like it's that kind of tone of it and that doesn't actually work either what works in terms of copy is kind of explaining what people are going to get out of it you know i mean and i think that you know, I sold everybody in the chat on watching Hannibal just by taking four screenshots and being like, look at how weird this fucking show gets. And I showed you all those four uh-huh. screenshots and everybody was like, God damn, I'm about to watch this shit because that's fucking awesome. And so that doesn't happen until season three. None of those screenshots happen until season three. So I could I could have gone to you guys and said, yo, it is such a well-written, incredibly directed show... That uh, you know, but no, four pictures, boom, 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 and then it's it's good. You guys are on board. Cheese. Yeah,
0: it's what. What am I gonna? Because then there's kind of that. I don't think well written. One, it sounds it's too subjective, and it uh, it destroys Mm. trust up front. It's like it's really well written. It's like I don't know you. How do I know what you think well written is? you know, yeah. I was recently arguing with my brother-in-law about the idol, and I'm like, it's fucking great. And he's like, you're stupid. I don't think I can trust anything you say anymore. So people have very subjective taste on what that even means. And you kind of betray trust up front if you're calling it thrilling, exhilarating, funny, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like, nah. what yeah, What knows happens? What, those words mean. what are some things that like, what are some images
1: Giving this boy a piece of cheese. Here you go. I don't want to see that cheese in your hair, buddy. Make sure you're eating that cheese, please.
0: In the hair? Uh, I, pick, I pictured dude, him shoving it, it like a stick cheese up. into into his hair, th- like throwing it up into a bun like a Japanese style with the chopsticks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's even better. He chews it up, spits out the mush, and then like greases it through his hair. <laughs> it's really gross. Uh, but uh, that... So I'm glad you brought that up because something I wanted to talk about with you is this concept people have of lazy writing. I see this word thrown around all the fucking time. I saw it twice last night while I was perusing Reddit, which is a stupid thing to do, but there I was. See, I'm out here complaining about like, oh, I need fucking money. It's like, so I saw some shit on Reddit last night. It's like, well, maybe. See, look, all this cheese is on the ground now. If you want to eat that off the floor you can i don't mind (laughs) this floor is clean i mopped it it's mopped we're cool um but uh okay so lazy right i was on the walking dead and they were talking about the way that for the first five seasons of the walking dead they're like oh it's just a lazy formula where they find a settlement something goes wrong the zombies overrun it then they have to go find a new settlement first of all yeah that's that's called a plot I mean, that's just... That's
0: the thing I, you know, I'm trying you, so hard to work into my writing. Like, that shit is hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other example that really got my goat was in the Cyberpunk 2077 Reddit. They were talking about how well-written the game is, which, hard agree. Could not agree more. Uh, but they were talking about the subplot with Elizabeth, who, she's the... Uh, she's the one who gets the the brain dance with Adam Smasher and Arasaka you know uh, she's like the prostitute she's like friends with Judy Mm -hmm. she works at the at the brothel anyway the way that her her story goes is that you rescue her from some really dark shit what's up more cheese why do I see cheese in in your hair (laughs) <laughs> what did I tell you about putting cheese in your it hair, dude? Hair Man. Oh, shit. Don't stand right behind me, kid. I'm making you macaroni and cheese. One more piece, okay? And then we're going to eat macaroni and cheese. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Do you understand what I'm telling you?
0: Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?
1: I'm going to eat some of this cheese, goddammit. Anyway, you rescue her from some really dark shape and um you know time goes on and you find out a little bit later that she kills herself over the the trauma that she experienced and it's pretty heavy you're like god damn I did all that and and then this comment on reddit says yeah i just didn't like the lazy way they discarded her character and i was like you're stupid man what are you talking about it's not lazy to have a to have a thematic conclusion to it, right? So my overall point, whether it's The Walking Dead with, oh, it's just this lazy formula or cyberpunk of, oh, it's just, la-. like, lazy is not synonymous with writers doing things that you don't want them to do. Yeah. That's not <laughs> yeah. lazy. Writers, dude, I guarantee you, whether it's cyberpunk or The Walking Dead, these people are getting paid too much money and studios are too, like, they want their dollars worth. These people are sitting in rooms for hours and hours and they're going over every, possible iteration of every possible subplot and they're trying to pick the best one that's going to please the most people but that is that is not they didn't they didn't walk in and fucking you know drink a bunch of Starbucks and shoot the shit and then like oh okay well I guess we have to figure out what to do with this dumb show that's making our network a billion dollars a year. Right. No yeah. that is not what happened. You can disagree with the choices they make and I often do but I push back really hard against claims that there's laziness involved in writing it's just the best and every decision that you make is going to have its downsides you know and somebody's gonna you know uh, think that you should have gone left when you went right and then they're gonna be like oh that was lazy it's like no you know what's lazy is what you're doing right now which is talking about shit on reddit instead of making your own (laughs) shit that's lazy yeah I just
0: this maybe kind of ties in. It was just on my mind and I I knew the story but like it just always inspires me. So I just wanted to drop it. But like you you know how Sylvester Stallone came to write Rocky?
1: Man I did not refresh So he was remember. basically,
0: I mean it's pretty much <clears throat> it's pretty much a story about him and he was like uh He had moved to California and was struggling and shit. And he, um... I think he had, like, a script or something that he was selling. He was trying to get into Hollywood shit. But, like, he went to go see uh, a Muhammad Ali fight. And he was so, like, inspired. He wrote Rocky in, like, three days. And, um... Mm -hmm. And then... His, uh... His wife or girlfriend, she read it and was like, this is really fucked up. Maybe you sh-. And she, like, helped him rewrite it, because uh, apparently it was, like, dark as shit. Um, mm-hmm. And so he added, like, the Adrian and the whole, like, what it is, you know. She helped him make it into what it is. And, uh, man, that's fucking Rocky. You know, that was Sylvester Stallone, like, fucking... Getting it out the mud and basically being in the crucible like we are right now, being like, "Man, I'm finna throw in the towel." Watching a Muhammad Ali fight, writing a script over three days, and then boom—it's the fucking most American movie you've ever seen. Mm-hmm.
1: It is one of the best movies. Ever. It's one of the one of the greatest movies of all time. I feel like I this show—I even like the
0: sequels—is like the podcast version of Rocky.
1: Pum bum bam 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 agitated talking anime saying stuff that makes people really mad really mad <laughs>
0: are these guys racist they've had a bunch of black people on
1: find out for $5 a month on (laughs) 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 patreon.com turns out they are (laughs) (laughs) not only that they're sexist too (laughs) why did I give them five of my hard earned dollars I could have spent that on a coffee from Starbucks and not much else, cause the economy sucks balls. Damn, that remix is fire. Bro. That's <laughs> that really great. great.
0: That's why it's a mm-hmm. classic song. You can just put words over the top of it like seamlessly.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I um, that whole lazy writing critique—just toss that word out of your vocabulary because it doesn't—it doesn't mean anything because you don't know. You don't know what the writing process, anything that assumes where people are at when they make something, I wanna throw that out the window. Like you, can't, you, can, you can make critiques as to whether it works within the context of the story that's being told. You can offer suggestions as to how you would have done it to make it better. But I don't like this kind of, um, this disparaging, like, oh, they, don't, they just don't care. They don't actually care about writing at all. They just, you know, fucking whatever. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's fair sometimes, but it's just not a helpful heuristic to evaluate art with, right? Because you're, you're focusing on a person and not the art. And I don't know. Character assassination is not art criticism. No,
0: yeah. And you're usually just, usually just completely wrong, too. You're out of your element, Donnie.
1: Mm-hmm. You're out of your element. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's why you're listening to this show. I, talking. uh... Two guys,
0: I've been tweaking. uh, I've been tweaking Roughneck more, and um, because I'm just not, I don't know, too many people are interested in it and it could pop off. And I'm like, that made me kind of nervous. And uh, there was a part that was like, I was trying to tell myself, and it's one part, the rest of the book is cool, this part's kind of stupid if I'm being honest with myself, but like, I don't know how else to get through it, and uh. But I've been struggling over this for a while. I should have had this book done, like, two months ago. And this has been holding me up. So, like, if I just dropped it as is, you could be like, well, this was lazy writing. It's like, nah. <laughs> I, that's the part that I had the most, like, struggle with. But actually, it just came to me last night, how to fix it and change the whole thing. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Okay, I can finish it now. But, uh... hmm but that kind of goes with what you're saying. Is you, yeah, you don't, you can't assume, like, lazy. Right? That just doesn't even make sense. Like, what does that even mean?
1: Yeah, if you don't care, I mean, if there was to be a way that, well, see, I'm even hesitant to say this, but if you take something like the Garfield movie or the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you could say, okay, that's kind of uh, feels like they. Man,
0: Sonic the Hedgehog was definitely not lazy. I heard a lot of people were mad about how they were treating people on that, like that was the opposite, they were working hard on that piece of shit
1: yeah, yeah, and then it becomes, again do do I like the writing in Sonic the Hedgehog? No, but a lot can go into trying to make a movie that appeals to babies right? You're trying to it's it's a movie that the jokes have to be kind of stupid because you can't have like too many dick jokes in a Sonic movie or you'll lose the PG rating, and then you lose some of your audience. Anyway, I beat that to death, but I would like to see that left behind in 2023. That's lazy. It's like, I don't Go ask them. Go ask them how long they worked on that shit. On that fucking piece of shit. Better yet,
0: (laughs) how how hard did you work on your movie? Oh, you didn't make one?
1: Exactly. I don't know. Well, it seems like you should probably shut the fuck up then. This is episode 100, guys. This is, like, I i'm really excited that we made it to episode 100 i could i can't see a reason why we would stop doing it but i did want to talk about so if you think about man we're in our total uh empire strikes back phase right now and we laughed through it and we you know kelby went to the hospital i woke up feeling a pain in my side from the rush of cortisol that overcame me um we're dealing with a bunch of stupid bullshit I was threatening but... to
0: kill myself on air I don't remember which right. episode that That's was But that was dark
1: Yeah, 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 it was pretty dark it's, it's pretty dark But over the past few months What's really been funny is that I have Developed a kind of peace and calm When it comes to stuff like this Which is what makes today Honestly, I gotta hand it to the universe It's kind of hilarious Because I've been so peaceful and so calm And money has just kind of flowed in the exact way it's supposed to when you're aligned with your purpose and you're calm. And then every once in a while, it's just kind of like, hey, this would be really funny. This would be really funny if we basically just held his money off for one day longer than it needs to be held off. Wouldn't that be hilarious to just watch him squirm? So I think personally that you and I have been talking a lot about how to align agitator with our overall purpose, and I kind of feel like we're doing it. I kind of feel like we're doing it. I feel like we are writers, and we talk about uh, writing-related stuff, and that really seems to work. What was really funny about the the Japanese movie and anime stage of the podcast, which is how it started, but if I'm looking even further back, you know, I did 157 episodes of. The jdo show which is an author interview program so uh there was that and then we switched to agitator we talked about japanese shit. so I, i look at that as its own that wasn't phase one for me right that was at least phase two if not phase three and i think i think that helped us to figure out what our voice is and it also helped us to develop some of the critical faculties when talking about art because we used to just be like oh that's uh, this fucking stupid and that one's cool and whatever so it's cool that we did that and we're still obviously like you know if a new miike movie comes out we're going to be there talking about it day one and if we watch an anime uh, we're going to talk about gants with zach next week um so it's still kind of that but I definitely want to see it move more towards. Uh, I actually, I kind of want to get writers on the program. I want to get K.W. Jeter on, who's seventy three now, but was a you know a friend of Philip K. Dick. Oh yeah. And I've been reading his novels, and they're fucking they're incredible, and they're exactly like what we were writing or what we are writing right now. They're vulgar, gross, uh, over the top, like the, his his book Doctor Adder. The epigraph is a excerpt from a. A penthouse letter about amputees. So, I want to get people like him on and actually talk, you know, do some craft talk about books and shit. Because I think I think normal people are getting back into books in a big way.
0: Yeah, and shouts out all like a lot of uh, a lot of people we know are are helping to kind of push that wave. You know, it's like everybody at the same time seem to. I'm so popular in TPN and Rare Candy are all doing book clubs and we're doing a book club and it's everybody's reading and uh, I've even heard just out and about I hear people talking about books more it's weird it's like mm-hmm. we've been saying that it's a psy-off that people don't read of course they read but I've been seeing it like like more loudly lately of people actually being like, "Yeah, I got this new book or whatever." But yeah, yeah, I want to I want to talk to writers. That's been the kind of the whole point of the Mike shit was writing. We are writers and we're influenced by Mike and manga and shit like that. So like it was about it's always been about writing craft, but like Those are still my biggest influences. I was reading Gaunt's last night whenever the fucking idea for Roughneck finally clicked. I was like, oh, shit. Remember, you write anime. Like, you don't write... I was trying to come up with some kind of way to make it make sense in a book. And it's like, bro, you write manga. You just write it in prose form. So, remember, you're writing a manga. And then I was like, oh, okay, I got it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the biggest benefits to reading anime or reading manga and watching anime is it really does remind you that you can do anything that you want in your book like oh he turns into a pencil cool. it's like
0: why well because yeah. he he did and then it's like well, how he do you did. explain that well, well now? you make him turn into a pencil and then the people around him are like did he just turn into a pencil what the fuck and then and then you mm-hmm. move on <laughs>
1: And then some girl bends over to pick up the pencil, you see her butt. <laughs> yeah, yep. Simple. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, buddy, I made you mac and cheese. It's just got to cool off, okay? Um, yeah, man. I think that, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, dude. I'm excited. I am excited for for the podcast. I think that on that same tip of calming down and not chasing money because it will just run away um, – I think that the show has, you know, our our dramatic Empire Strikes Back arc also coincided with, uh, I don't know, just a lot of negativity in general and sort of being like, what is, what even is this show, bro? Like, what are we doing? And it's this, pretty much. I mean, we, uh, we've run into some marketing issues with the podcast because people who like manga, they want... People who like that, people who are the otaku database animals or like Saito's uh, beautiful fighting girl lovers, but more importantly, the database animals, Agitator is not a show for database animals because I've listened to other manga and anime shows and except for Manga which is really great, most of them just don't talk about anything that is interesting to me from my perspective. And conversely, a lot of like writing and uh, craft style podcasts—they never talk about manga. And you think, oh, hey, there's a market here. No, there's not. That's just that it doesn't exist because nobody nobody yeah. wants that that combination. Yeah. <laughs> but what we found in the journey of creating a product that doesn't really have a market is our voice, and and so now we do actually do, and we've got a decent amount of people over on the Patreon and we've got a decent listenership every week and uh i don't know i don't really have a point i'm just kind of happy with with how this whole thing is going yeah
0: we're figuring it out and it kind of comes full circle it's just different you know we had to get sharp with the the radio voice we had to get sharp with i guess and and build a platform in a way you know like it seems like a lot of people it's not pulling the rug out from under them it's not like hey you jumped on board because we were an anime podcast it's like actually everybody who fucks with the show fucks with the other shit we talk about anime that's fine and most of them are into anime and shit like that but they don't they could give a fuck they want to hear us talk about the craft and about the about the struggle a little bit without bitching you know yeah
1: well I'm bitching today that'll do for the free half the back half we're gonna we're gonna go through the mailbag and answer some listener questions which I'm excited to do so patreon.com slash agitator five dollars a month you get what do you get you get extended episodes we've just recorded the uh, first ghost in the tome over altered carbon we've got uh, Nick spin it and Jason of Mangaroos. What's his Young. last name? Young? Yeah, Jason, Jason Young. Jason Young. Yeah. He's got like a rock star, a couple name. of fucking smart dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, those guys were so fucking smart. Like I was really happy that when we recorded that episode, they talk. I was like, "Oh, fucking this is great. This is fucking awesome." Like I didn't, you know, I know that Jason has his podcast and I know that Nick is super smart, but I was just really pleased with how much they brought to the table. So you'll get those episodes, all of our book club episodes will be uh behind the Patreon paywall. And uh yeah, we also have some writing over there. I'm uh I'm reevaluating how I do that serialized writing. That's another thing that we're we're practicing in public to try to figure out exactly the the kind of stuff we want to do yeah. with it. You get to kind of become but, um, a
0: director for $5 a month to uh come in and say, "Hey, this Uh, Was cool, and we we will listen. Shit, I mean, I'll listen Mm -hmm. to people who send a free email without paying, and and, like say this really worked. Like, if you have good shit to offer, like we are here to, we're here to help steer the ship. Like, Mm -hmm. we've uh, not to be. We've built a platform, and we're building a platform that is larger than a lot of people have, and I think that it's only right to kind of use that to help perpetuate the kind of art that we want to see exist
1: yep yep i agree i agree it's pretty pretty cool stuff so yeah go over there pay five dollars for the month if you don't like it i'm sorry you can just unsubscribe i won't be mad at you i promise I'll just add you to a little, voice, you know, like <laughs> a, little I'll remember. a little
0: book that I, I learned how to use from a it fell out of the sky one day and this demon uh-huh. who looks like Willem Dafoe this demon thing. showed up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. said
1: that's, we, really, that's weird that you knew that that's exactly what happened That's, that's fucking crazy <laughs> must, be a, must be a common thing to have this uh, kind of like death book I call it the death book